Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. We started out the series with the message, God owns it all. And then we talked about the fact that we are stewards of his resources. And then last week, Apostle dealt with the topic, God will provide from Philippians, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So today I want to pick up right there, and I want us to pay attention to receiving God's provision. Will you say that with me? Receiving God's provision. 1 Kings chapter 17, I'm reading from a New King James Version, It says, and Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Sherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Sherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. Let's stop right there. Normally when we look at this passage or the times that I've heard it preached relative to the provision of God, our attention goes to this widow of Zarephath. But I believe that if we would pay close attention, the prophet Elijah will give us some pointers on how to receive God's provision. The first thing that I see in this text is that if we're going to receive God's provision, we've got to trust God's protection. We have to trust God's protection. Now, you notice that Elijah just shows up on the scene in 17. You don't read about him before chapter 17 in 1 Kings. You don't hear anything about him. The Bible doesn't bother to give us his calling card. It simply says that Elijah the Tishbite comes to Ahab. So in order to understand the real impact, you've got to do a little back digging. In chapter 16, we see that there's a new king in town, and his name is Ahab. This new king, however, did evil. As a matter of fact, this new king over Israel, the Bible says that he did more evil than every king before him. 
Some reputation, huh? This king marries Jezebel, and together they worship the idol Baal. The Bible also says that this king Ahab did more to provoke God's anger than all the kings of Israel. Good gracious. And it is to this king, God's answer to this wicked king over his people is the prophet Elijah. And Elijah's first introduction to the new king is... It ain't going to rain till I say so. You talk about speaking truth to power. Now the significance of this is that Baal worshipers believed that Baal was the one who was in charge of the rain. So this wasn't just coming with a prophetic word. Basically, the prophet was coming and, say, and challenging the new king to say, I know you think your God is God, but I'm here to let you know that there is a true and living God, and it's the one that I represent. So he immediately starts speaking truth to power. And I'm pointing this out because sometimes when it comes to the provision of God, we will be in a position from time to time where we have to stand up to those that we think hold the purse. You don't want to talk to me. You and I have got to understand that when it comes to provision, God is our provider. God is our source. So I don't have to go to my job and compromise who I am. I don't have to do what is ungodly in order to be taken care of. But I also have to understand this, that sometimes God will allow us to have to live through what we speak to. Do you understand that when the prophet said, there is not going to rain until I say so, he was proclaiming a, a drought that was going to last for a little over three years. Do you understand that when the drought hit, when the word of the Lord came, it was going to be dry for everybody. It's not like Israel was going to have rain and the Baal worshipers weren't. The word of the Lord came and the very one who prophesied the word was going to have to live through what he prophesied. And all the people were going to have to live through it too. I'm trying to tell you, you got to trust God's protection. Because he can keep us even when we've got to live through what we spoke to. That's one of the reasons why, if I could just throw this in, that's one of the reasons why I have lost no sleep over this whole government shutdown. Listen to me. I serve one who says the government shall be upon his shoulder. Are you hearing me? 
So we've got to trust God's protection even while we're waiting for his provision. And I know I'm right about it because, listen, we, sometimes we think we're exempt from the issues in the world because God is our provider. But don't you know that, that the Bible says that we are in the world, but we're not of the world. It rains on the just and the unjust. Which is why we shouldn't be breaking our nails and falling out and got to take to bed because something bad happened to me. Stuff happens to everybody. But that does not mean that God is not working on my behalf. And I got proof. I got proof. Do you remember the plagues? You remember when Egypt was, was taken into captivity in, in, in Egypt? Egypt was taken. I meant Israel. Y'all know what I meant. Israel was taken in captivity in Egypt. And you remember God raises up Moses and God says, listen, go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And Pharaoh gets bold. I ain't going to do it. And God says, all right, I'm getting ready to put something on you. And the first plague is blood. Well, you know that the water turned to blood in Egypt and where Israel was, right? Everybody had bloody water. The next plague, I think, was frogs. There was frogs in their house. There was frogs in God's people's houses. Then there was lice, I think. There was lice in, in Egypt. There was lice in God's people's houses. There was, uh, what was it, flies, I think. Flies buzzing around in Egypt. Flies buzzing around in God's people's houses. But after that fourth plague, God said, enough is enough. He said, now, they, I got six more for you. But starting at that fifth one, which was the plague of cattle, God said, I'm making a distinction between them and my people. So all the cattle in Egypt, they're they getting ready to die. But y'all might as well go on and enjoy your, your chops because every cattle over here in Israel, in Goshen, is going to be just fine. I'm here to tell you that you can trust God's provision and you can trust his protection. You may go through it with the world for a while, but there's coming a point where God says enough is enough. My people are separated out. You may have to go through some blood and some frogs and some lice and some flies before you see a difference, but I promise you that God will protect you while he's providing for you. Can we go on? Not only do we have to trust God's protection, but we've got to accept God's channel. We've got to accept God's channel. Where do you get that from, Pastor D? Starting in verse 2. After Elijah says, it's not going to rain. Well, actually, he says, there's not going to be dew or rain these, these years, except at my word. Verse 2 says, then the word of the Lord came to him, to Elijah, saying, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Sherith, which flows into the Jordan, and it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I, uh, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Now, come on, y'all. Let's not get super spiritual. Can you just imagine now? God says, get out, get out from here. Get away from here. 
Now I'm sure Elijah's like, check. Absolutely. Because this wicked king, I have just challenged him. His wife is crazy. You want me to get out of here? I'm out. Deuces. Gone. He says, God says, turn eastward. All right, Lord. It's your land. I'll go any direction you want me to go. Hide by the brook, Sheriff. Sounds like a good place to me. Oh, and by the way, when you get there, I've commanded ravens to feed you. Okay, I get to get away from here. I get to turn eastward. I even get hiding by the brook. But you commanded ravens to feed me? Now, God, you do remember that you yourself said in Leviticus that ravens are forbidden food. And I know you didn't say I was going to eat them, but still. Um, Now, God, you yourself know that you said in Deuteronomy that ravens were unclean. And then, God, um, now, you didn't say this, but it's been proven that uh, ravens are unfit caretakers, God, because they don't even care for their own young. And that's how you're going to feed me, the man of God? <laughs> but nowhere in the text do you see any of that kind of issue going on. Because I believe it was because Elijah didn't confuse the channel with the source. Elijah understood that God was going to provide the food. The ravens were simply the transportation. The ravens were nothing more than Uber Eats. They weren't cooking nothing. They weren't cooking nothing. They weren't making nothing. They just the transportation system. And we can learn something from that. Because sometimes God tells us, get away from this spot. Go over here. Stay right here. And this is how I'm going to meet your need. And we start saying, "Uh, really? Through her? Well, God, I thought you were going to do it like this. Who asked you to think? It's not our responsibility to try to negotiate with God on how he's going to do what he's going to do. If he believes that a dirty bird can bring me what I need, fly on, my brother, fly on. Hey! This is what you got to understand. If God can bring water from a rock, if God can pull money from the mouth of a fish, what need do you have that God cannot supply? 
got to accept the method, accept the channel. Sometimes we need, we stand in need of counsel, but we don't want that elder. That didn't come out in either of the other two messages. It must be in the room this morning. Oh, my God, that's it. Listen, I want to see Pastor Bill and Pastor D. But what you need is in Elder Walter. And you will sit there in the middle of your mess until you accept God's method. Because even though we serve the same God, God wires the channel so that it knows how to tune into you. Oh my God, how many of you have cable in your house? You got over 200 channels on your television. More channels than you'll ever be able to look at. But if you check behind the TV, there's only one cord to one cable company. There's only one source, baby. I don't care. He's got many channels, but there's only one source. High five somebody and say, ain't but one source. Good glory. You got to accept God's channel. Who are you to tell God who he should work through? How he should work through them? When he should work through them? Sometimes God fixes the channel because he's not after getting what you need. Listen, the reality is this. The Bible says it. We said it last week. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Which says to me, there's no shortage. There's no need God can't supply. So clearly this is not about the need. God's got a bigger picture in mind. You're talking about a check and God's trying to get to pride. So we got to trust God's protection and we got to accept God's channel. Here's the third thing. We've got to obey God's instructions. Now you might think that's the same thing. But this is what I discovered, Pastor Fern. I can accept God's channel and still not do what he say. I can still accept who he says and still not do what he says. So just because I agree with God don't mean I did what I was supposed to do. Look at here. Verse 5. So he went and prayed until he heard the Lord. Oh, no, that ain't there? No? They probably got, they don't have the right, they don't have the right version. Let me see. Okay, let me read it again. So he went and fasted. That's not it either. I've been telling them all day, these are new glasses. Hold on a second. Hold, hold on. So he went 
to get another prophetic word to confirm the other word. I thought you had my back. I thought you had my back. That's not it. My gla- you know, it's warm. My glasses ain't got a little foggy. Hold on. It says, so he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Sherith, which flows into the Jordan. Listen, we've got to understand that when God speaks a word of instruction, that is not the beginning of negotiation. Help us, Lord. That's not the point at which we start talking about, Lord, if it's you. I bet you if the check came, you'd believe it was him. It's amazing to me the stuff that we got to pray about and the stuff that we don't. <laughs> Since he's, you got to obey the instruction. And, and I got curious. I got curious. Y'all know how I am. The teacher in me just, you know, I'm like a dog with a bone. I just can't study. I got to just wrestle until I get everything like the marrow out the bone. And, and, and so, Diane, when I was studying, I saw that verse. I've seen it forever. And, but I stopped and I said, Lord, uh, you know, the word is replete with the, or the Bible is replete with the word obey or obeyed, that kind of thing. I said, but other people have talked about obey. When's the first time you said anything about it? Not, not anybody else, but when's the first time you, Lord, used the word? And obviously the Bible, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew, so basically I'm saying, you know, in the Hebrew language, when is the first time that God used the Hebrew or the Hebrew word is used to talk about what God said? And what was interesting to me is the first time that you see God talking about obey is Genesis 22 and 18. And the Bible scholars in the room, you're going to know that's after uh, Abraham made one of the greatest faith steps of his life. In that, God said, go and take your son Isaac up this mountain, tie him to an altar, and sacrifice him. And when he got up there, he did it. He was prepared to do it. And when he raises up the knife, God says, hold up. And they come back down, and he says, he then begins to talk to Abraham. And listen to this. He says, in, at the end of everything, he says, In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Now, normally, we like to stop right there. That's the shout spot. Oh, yes, in your seed. I'm the seed, Jesus. I'm the seed. I'm the seed of Abraham. Oh, yes, I'm blessed. You know, that's the shout spot. I just made that up. <laughs> that's why it was such a bad song, because I just made it up. But in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. But God didn't stop there. He said, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. The blessing was contingent upon the obedience. 
So we say stuff like when, when praises go up, blessings come down. I can't find that in the Bible, but I can tell you that when obedience goes up, blessing absolutely comes down. So that's why we can't run past that. Because we can't presume that just because God said it and we heard it means we're going to obey it. How many of you would tell the truth and say, you heard God clearly on a couple of things and still didn't do them? Mm -hmm. So we said you got to trust God's protection. We've got to accept God's channel. We've got to obey God's instructions. And here's the last thing. I told y'all I wasn't going to keep you. You got to recognize God's purpose. Got to recognize God's purpose. Now let me unpack this. In verse 7, this ain't in my notes, but it's so good. In verse 7 it says, and it happened after a while that the brook dried up. Just, just a parenthetical thought. Don't get discouraged when the brook dries up. It just means God getting ready to speak again. That's all it means. That's all it means. God's getting ready. I got proof. It says, and it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying. Sometimes we're complaining about the word of the Lord coming. The word of the Lord can't speak until there's a need. When your need comes, the provision is there. So don't get discouraged when the brook dries up. It just means you're on to the next chapter. As a matter of fact, Watchman Nee wrote this. He said, because of our proneness to look at the bucket and forget the fountain, God frequently has to change his means of supply to keep our eyes fixed on the source. Because some of us would have laid out at the brook Brook dry. We licking dust. But God, you said my provision was going to be at the brook. And I'm going to stay here until you send some old water. And God is like, stop it, fool. (laughs) The word of the Lord said, get up from here. And then, he <laughs> and then he tells him, arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Now, that word provide there is the same word, same Hebrew word as feed that the ravens were going to do. So here we are again, and he's like, arise. Okay, I got that. I need to get up. Go to Zarephath. I got that too, God. Dwell there. Gotcha, God. I've commanded a widow. What? A widow? Because widows were known to be among the neediest people. So you, you, I got a need, and you sending me to somebody needy to provide for my need? That don't even sound right. 
But God knows what he's doing. And Elijah already experienced God's provision through an unlikely source. So being sent to a widow wouldn't be anything more difficult to obey. Sometimes we have to look back and remember what God has already done. Say, well, hold on a second. If he did that before, he can do it again. You know, she's a widow, but it's still better than a dirty bird. Sound like graduation to me. But the reason I say recognize God's purpose is because when you read on, listen to this. This is the part of the story you probably know. So he arose and went to Zarephath, verse 10. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. Now, what did he need? needed water because the bible never said that the ravens were no longer bringing food it doesn't say that it says the brook dried up so now he needs water and as she was going to get it he called to her and said uh uh, why are you going how about you bring me a biscuit in your hand You know, a little morsel of bread. And she says, as the Lord your God lives. Did you catch that? As the Lord your God. So there's no indication necessarily that this is a widow that knows God. As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. There's no faith in that. No faith in that whatsoever. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said. Now here, this is where we have a problem. But make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. That's the verse y'all use to talk about us preachers. Mm-hmm. They always asking you to bring. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know when I was a child, the preacher would come over and he'd eat the last of the chicken. You didn't know the house was getting ready to be blessed. <laughs> said, make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. Elijah followed and did according to the word of God. She did according to the word of the prophet. And I point that out because sometimes God is trying to provide for you, but the provision is coming from the mouth of somebody that you are questioning. Mm -hmm. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and 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 she and he and her household ate for many days. Look at here. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry 
according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Remember I said you have to recognize God's purpose. What God did was he, God had Elijah's need to intersect with the widow's need so that he could bring about supernatural provision for the widow and her household for the duration of the drought. Sometimes we're so busy looking in the barrel that we don't realize that God is trying to do something greater. He allows our need to come and intersect with somebody else's need so that we can then tell them, I know you have a need right now, but let me tell you what I just came through. I just came from a situation where I had to challenge some, some, some leadership. I had to speak truth to power. And God protected me. God kept me. God provided for me from from the most unlikely source. And if you'll listen to what I am saying, I promise you, I didn't just come here for water because God could have sent me anywhere for some new water. Clearly, he sent me here to help you to understand who this God is and what this God can do. And if you will just trust him and do what seems to be unusual, I promise you that he will take care of you. That's why we can't get all wrapped up in our own needs. Because sometimes he doesn't come through with everything that we need. He leaves just enough provision needed for us to then go and encourage somebody else. You know, you can't, there's nothing like finding somebody who needs what you needed to encourage them to walk by faith. Did you hear what I said? Nothing like it. Now, I don't know, I wasn't there, but like the old preachers used to say, I just use my sanctified imagination. Because the text doesn't say that all of the flour was there. It just say that the bin of flour was not used up. I believe that God said, if you walk by faith, this is what I'm going to do. You need flour today. Scoop. Go make your bread for today. Give us this day our daily bread. Trust me, next day, I wish I had a barrel. Lord have mercy, it is time to eat again. How did that happen? I don't know how it happened, but there's enough for today. Scoop. Need met. And, but the Bible does tell us however he apportioned it, whether he filled the barrel or whether it was just enough there every time she went, it was enough to take care of her and her family until God finished what God was doing. Because you do remember ultimately up at the top, what did we say? The whole point was to let a wicked king know, your God ain't God. And even though a drought may come, I belong to him and God will take care of me. He will provide for me. He will give me what I need if he has to do it through a dirty bird. 
if he has to do it through a widow woman, if he has to open up a fish's mouth, no matter what he has to do. And I am so committed to God that as he does for me, I'm going to go find somebody else who has a need and I'm going to let my need connect with their need so that they can learn to have faith to believe God even though they don't see what he's doing right now. I thank him. I thank him. I thank him. And I'm ready to receive. I'm ready to receive, and I hope you're ready to receive too. Can you give him a praise for his word? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not going to tell him how to do it. Not even going to tell him when to do it. You know how we do now, Lord, you know. I need this by. God ain't moved by your by. So yes, he does provide. He will provide. There's no question about that. But clearly you and I can circumvent the provision when we don't do what we're supposed to do. And our job is easy. All we got to do is trust his protection, right? Come on. Accept Accept the challenge, obey, and recognize the purpose. Clearly, the purpose is not your need and my need, because he owns a cattle on a thousand years. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.